0: Welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Reed. How about yourself? I'm doing very well. It's it's great to have you on the show. I know people are happy to hear from you. Have not spoken to you since you won the MOP award. So first of all, congratulations, man. That was really cool. First Eskimo in a long time. So good for you.
1: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. It was uh, it was an awesome opportunity to be able to go and, and represent Edmonton and and the Eskimos and the rest of my teammates in the city. Um, you know, over in Ottawa, obviously, would have liked to have been there in a different capacity, but uh, it was uh, it was certainly an honor to, to bring that that award home to our team.
0: You know, I, I to to jump off here, I, I I mean, you watch football as well as play it. I I know you're busy, but I assume if you weren't watching the game, you, you've seen the highlights. What did you think of that final play, Vikings against Saints? I mean, when, you're watch, when you see that, are you a quarterback thinking, what does Keenum see, or are you just a fan going, holy cow?
1: <laughs> I was, I mean, I definitely was watching. So I was actually in San Francisco um, over the weekend. It was my brother's 30th birthday, so we went down there and visited him. Um, so I didn't see the game live, and actually when I was on my flight uh Out of San Francisco, the airplane that we were on had, uh, you know, live TV. So I I was watching the highlights, and I couldn't believe what had happened at the end of the game. I mean, I hadn't read anything about it, hadn't heard anything about it. And then I saw the highlights, and I was like, whoa, what is going on here? You know, I just read the little ticker on the bottom, said something about a 60-plus yard completion for a touchdown when time expired to win. And I was trying to figure out what was going on. So then I watched the highlight um and from the quarterback's perspective i mean you know his thought is he's going to throw the ball down there and give his guy a chance um but being you know where the game was i want to say there was like 10 seconds when the ball was snapped um you know and they were down by one point if i'm not mistaken so uh, there's potentially a chance you could get the ball on a a deep completion like that um and still have time you know if you catch the ball and get out of bounds to still have time to go down there and kick a field goal to win the game so I thought it was obviously just—I'm sure—as everybody else thought—it was a ridiculously poor effort to make a tackle uh, by the defender. I have no idea what he was doing, what he was seeing or not seeing out there. But at the same time, um, you know, you you can't really push the guy out of bounds or make that tackle with time on the clock um, because they're gonna—they're in field goal range you know where he caught that ball as far as i know um you know so i can understand maybe something went through his mind i got to i got to blow him up and dislodge this ball or i got to hit him and and you know knock him down inbounds or something like that um but it was just craziness i mean there's really no other way around it other than to say that the guy probably wishes he had that play back and he'll be thinking about that all off season but from a minnesota standpoint uh what an amazing feeling that game was crazy it was going back and forth with uh, the lead changes and everything like that and You know, to feel we had a similar scenario against Calgary at home um, in the Labor Day rematch this past year, when we were down to third down and uh, and ten or more, and there was not much time left on the clock, and we were down by a field goal. um, You know, and I hit Zilstra across the middle for a 30-yard gain or something like that, and we ended up missing the field goal that would have tied the game to put it into overtime. But it's one of those things where you throw the ball and you know it's a super tight window. Uh, you know, there's very low percentage chance the defense is going to allow you to make that catch, and and when it happens, it kind of surprises you. I think Keenum had the same reaction. He was, he I think at first was more surprised than anything else. But what an amazing game! I mean, I think all the playoff games really in the NFL have, have been pretty uh, fun to watch to this point. Um, you know, and that's kind of how our CFL season was
0: as well. You know, you mentioned that the the, the Saints' defensive back is is going to have to put that mistake behind him and move on. And Mike, you and I have talked a lot in the past about the mental side of it and uh, and competing and and dealing and dealing with mistakes. When do you put last season? Uh, behind you. When do you put away the the what ifs of plays in the West Final? The tough decision Jason made late in the game. Do, have you have you moved on from that and, and sort of addressed that mentally already, or there's still things that nag you? Yeah,
1: it's that's always um, a tough thing to do uh, in professional sports, uh, but something that's necessary to do as well. In, in the situation of the Saints guy, um, you know, it's tough because. I've always talked to, to you guys about how um, you know, it's always hard when you lose or when you don't play well because the only real way to get that taste out of your mouth is to get back on the field and make amends for it. And that's why I always talk about how it sucks uh, when you lose a game going into a bye week because you don't really get to enjoy your bye week. You're sitting there stewing about the loss um, all week long, and you just can't really wait to get back out on the field. Um, you know. And so in in the sense of the New Orleans player – you know, he's, gonna, he's not going to get back on the field until next season. Um, so that's a long time to sit there and have to think about that. And it's really no different, uh, per se, for us, um, you know, or Calgary or, uh, you know, any of the other, uh, the eight teams in the CFL that didn't win the Grey Cup that aren't Toronto. Um, you know, because unless you win a Grey Cup and in the NFL, unless you win the Super Bowl uh, or any other sport, unless you win the championship, your season really is, is kind of considered a failure. Um, you know, because ultimately, that's the one goal that matters is to win the championship. So for us, as an Edmonton Eskimo football team, uh, you know, losing in that West final, um, you know that that meant our season ultimately was a failure. We did not achieve what we, we wanted to do. Yes, there were a lot of successes within that season, but the season as a whole, we did not you know finish uh, with the goal that we had in mind. So that that is hard, and you sit there and you think about that a lot. Uh, you know, that was. Uh, honestly, one of the most challenging things for me was being in that room accepting that MOP award, uh, by myself without my teammates there because, uh, you know, I hadn't really allowed myself the chance to think about that moment too often, but every time that I did think about it, I envisioned it with the rest of my team there uh enjoying that moment and being you know ready to go back to the hotel and get prepared uh, to try to win a gray cup um you know and, and those guys weren't there so that was that was hard and you sit there and you think about all the little things uh that you personally uh, would have liked to have done better uh and then as a team collectively that you would have liked to have done better but there is a moment where you just gotta you gotta move on from it you have to learn from it you have to get better from that uh, but you have to move on from it and i think uh Usually, once we flip the calendar, once January first hits, that's when I kind of allow myself to just let the last season go. Um, whether whether that's on a winning note or a losing note, you know, when we won the Grey Cup in two thousand and fifteen, as soon as January first, two thousand and sixteen hit, it was like, okay, that season's done and over with. it's time to move on. And I've kind of felt that way this season as well. Um, you know, and now that we're into two thousand and eighteen, uh, it's all about this upcoming season. It's all about us hosting the Gray Cup in Edmonton and making sure that I personally and us as a team collectively do absolutely everything within our power to make sure that we're playing in that game. And so, you know, that started January 1, and uh, and that's pretty pretty much all-consuming uh, every single day from now and, until that first day of training camp and, and then moving forward.
0: And a new teammate you'll have on that journey is Kevin Glenn, who has uh, signed to be – your backup. Uh, We all know the story about him now having uh, been under contract to all nine teams in the CFL, which is which is pretty amazing. It's
1: like a punch ticket, right? Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. It's got to be a. If this is a video game. You'd unlock something, I think. But uh, if uh, yeah, I think so. You're uh, and Kevin and I Morley was telling me there's a a Kevin Glenn curse apparently that a lot of the teams he's signed to be the backup on mm, yeah. uh, the starting quarterback has. Yeah. Okay, so you obviously know about. So you're not worried about it or anything uh-huh. like that. But obviously, he's a good veteran yeah. presence to have there too. I will
1: address all of those uh those things that you just hit on. There's a lot of them. uh first of all, yes, Kevin uh having at least been on the roster of all 9 CFL teams is pretty extraordinary. Um for a lot of different reasons. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that go into having a long career. you got to be a little bit lucky. you got to be really talented. Um, you know, you got to be lucky in the injury front. You have to be able to avoid major injuries. you got to be lucky in the sense of, you know, there has to be the right scenarios on these different teams for you to be able to uh, continue to succeed and get uh, the next contract offer. Um, You've got to be a little bit unlucky as well in Kevin's sense to to be good enough to play for all nine teams, but to not be lucky enough to have this scenario unfold where, you know, you just stick on that, that one team for a decade or, or, you know, whatever like some of the other longer-serving players have done. But, um, you know, it's not unlike Henry. Henry, uh, towards the end of Henry Burris's career, he was very successful, but, you know, bounced around from Calgary to Hamilton to Ottawa, you know, so those last five years or whatever his career – He played for a lot of different teams and had success in all of them. So, you know, you have to be very talented for sure. Um, You know, and Kevin certainly is. So I've never played with Kevin uh, until now. Um, you know, and, and so that'll be a great opportunity for me to pick his brain a little bit. But obviously he's been around the league for a long time, and I'll be going into my ninth season in the CFL. So I've had a number of opportunities to talk to guys that have played with him. Uh, I've had a lot of opportunities to talk with Kevin both before and after games but also during off-season appearances, during CFL week in Regina last year, for example, different things like that. Um, so I know Kevin quite well, and, and I get along with Kevin really well. He's He's a great guy. He's a, a very good locker room guy as a veteran. Um, and he's a guy that I'm excited to have on our team. You know, when, when I heard that he had been released from Saskatchewan and uh, we were considering potentially uh, reaching out to him with a contract offer, you know, I called Kevin up and I kind of tried to do my best to recruit him a little bit because uh, he's a guy that I wanted on our team. Um, you know, because, again, I've been around this league long enough to know uh, you got to have a quality guy in that backup position that's uh, – you know going to be able to to take the reins if something happens and we do have uh, some very talented guys on our team uh, with Danny O'Brien and Zach Klein Um, so to have a guy like Kevin come in and and compete and push those guys and just to teach them to teach me to teach the rest of the wide receivers and the younger guys uh, just all you know about all of his experiences I think that's a quality guy to have and in the event um, that that curse hits which I don't anticipated hitting. Uh but if it does, Kevin's the guy that stepped in and had a lot of success. Um, uh, you know, coming off the bench in that role. And uh, you know, when when you're trying to win a great cup is certainly at home. You don't want anything to hinder that. And in 2015, when we won the Great Cup, we had a quality guy in Matt Nichols come in off the bench and win a lot of games as a starter while I was getting healthy. Um, And ultimately, that that gave us the opportunity to host the West Final and move on to win the Great Cup. So, uh, you know, he's a guy that uh, I had a good, long conversation with and expressed to him uh, my desire to have him as a teammate. Um, You know, and, and on our team, there's no egos. We check those at the door. Um, you know, we want to do whatever's necessary to win a championship for our city. And, uh, you know, for, for us to have Kevin in that QB room, I think it makes us a better team. I think it makes us better at, at that position with the knowledge that he has and the experience that he can, he can help with. And, you know, just to be an additional set of eyes for me while I'm on the field and just to help uh during the week, get the younger guys prepared and things like that. Uh, I think it's an, an awesome opportunity for our team to have him. And uh in terms of that curse, um, you know, I know all about the Madden cover curse that they had going on in the NFL for a while, and uh, I used to openly talk about the Kevin Glenn curse because I'd be like, man, uh, don't ever sign that guy on a team that I'm playing on if I'm the starter because uh, I don't want to go down. And uh, and so now, uh, but I, uh, I I believe that this <laughs> this is going to be the year where that curse is broken. So you know, knock on wood, um, you know, we won't uh, we won't be needing his services due to in- any injuries if. Uh, if we play our cards right. But uh, in any event, good guy to have on the team. Excited that we were able to sign him.
0: Mike, in that last answer, you said you want to win a championship for your city. You got a lot of attention last week. You voiced and appeared in a video put out by the Edmonton Economic Development Corporation celebrating A lot of things about Edmonton, and at the end, you say I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Can you tell us just about uh, getting involved in that, and um, you know the Mm -hmm. importance to you of speaking some of those words?
1: Yeah. So you know, it was late November, uh, early December that uh, I was approached by by our team um, with the opportunity that the city had reached out um you know that they were wanting to make a video um you know to be used at different appearances and things like that just to kind of um you know advertise our city and what it's all about um you know and and it wasn't uh you know it was not going to be a video about me it was going to be a video about the city um you know and and just showing all sorts of different um things that make edmonton great uh but they wanted a consistent voice to do the voiceover for it and, and one that they felt was um you know at least somewhat recognizable that people uh you know would connotate to the city of edmonton um you know and i was obviously um you know, very excited about the opportunity. I thought it would be great. I would, you know, I, I took it as something that uh, I had a tremendous amount of pride in, in them even asking me to do that because uh, Edmonton does mean, you know, so much to me, so much to my family. Um, you know, it, it has become home. You know, my daughter was born in the city of Edmonton, um, you know, and, and my folks, my folks probably spend more time in Edmonton than they do at home uh, for the six months of the season's happening. They come up for every game. They, they stay for weeks at a time sometimes when we have back-to-back home games. Uh, they love going out in the city and just seeing people. Uh, my dad's favorite part of the football games I don't think is watching me play. I think it's before Uh, the game and during halftime when he walks around on the concourse and just uh, interacts with with the people, you know, from the city and the fans and things like that. Um, You know, my wife uh, came up for uh, a couple of months straight this past year, um, you know, and just stayed in Edmonton and got to experience that, Um, you know, and it's just, it really has become, uh, you know, every bit of what we define ourselves as Riley's is the city of Edmonton and and we, um, you know, we couldn't be more proud, uh, to be a part of that. And so, you know, when, when we were approached about doing that, um, I was super excited about it. I obviously said yes. And then, uh, you know, just reading through the script of, of all the various things that we were going to touch on that makes the city of Edmonton, uh, so great. Um, I thought it was really awesome. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't get to see, uh, the videos that they were going to be shooting of all the other, uh, events and things like that, that they were going to include in the, in the video, um, you know, until the finished product was actually uh, released, but I, I thought they did a great job on it. I really did think that it encompasses uh, a majority of the awesome uh, you know diverse uh, things that that make Edmonton what it is and uh, yeah, I was just you know humbled and excited to be a part of that to be honest.
0: well, it turned out really well a lot of great reaction from that. Hey, Mike, before I let you go, uh, there was some other news uh, with your roster besides Kevin Glenn. Brandon Zilstra gets an opportunity with the Vikings, but Darrell Walker says, uh, "Hey, you know what? Some NFL teams were asking a little bit, but I've decided to, to stay put. Uh, I guess maybe some mixed feelings with one big receiver going and another one staying."
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm I'm super excited and happy for Zilstra. He's a guy that's earned his opportunity uh, through incredibly uh, hard work, great work ethic, a guy that. Uh, would always be on the field uh, super early before everybody else and uh, would stick around 20, 30 minutes after practice was done. Just catching footballs, working on his craft, was always willing to do whatever it took to try to make the team better. You know, we had him returning punts, which was not necessarily his forte, uh, but he was out there uh, catching punt returns after practice every day, trying to trying to get better at that to help us out. Um, you know, and a guy that went through it, went through the practice roster, grind. Um, before he finally got his opportunity and obviously did extremely well with it, um, you know, and so couldn't be more happy for him. Uh, called him up, you know, once I heard the news and just had a good conversation with him. And he's got a good head on his shoulders too, you know. And He's the first one that would tell you, you know, he hasn't earned anything yet other than an opportunity uh with Minnesota and he's gonna be able to be on that roster going into OTAs and you know he's gonna to have to earn that that spot in training camp and then once you know he gets into training camp he's gonna to have to earn that roster spot. Um you know and, and those are always challenging things but if if anybody can do it it's certainly him so I'm excited for him. Uh in terms of Durrell, he's a guy that went and and went through that uh NFL circuit if you will with Tampa Bay. Um, and ended up finding his way back onto our team and, and obviously has been a big impact for us uh, both in the in the past before his NFL opportunity and, and then when he came back last year. So to have him back in the mix for 2018 is something I'm very excited for. He's he's a guy that, uh, mine and his chemistry is, is obviously well documented. He's had a ton of success in our offense, and, and it's going to be a big weapon for us to have him back. Um, you know we just we have a lot of talent at that position obviously we have a Darius Bowman who uh, you know I've it's it, me and him working together has uh has been an awesome thing over the last couple of years and will continue to be so um, you know and, and we have a guy uh, in Vidal Hazleton um, you know who last year for us I thought was a big-time weapon um, so if we're able to get him back that'll be awesome for us um, you know but I was talking about uh, Brandon Zilster last off season, um, when people asked me how we we're going to replace Terrell Walker, I was saying, well, you know we got this Brandon Zilster guy that's going to be pretty good, um, you know, and now that Zilster's gone, um, you know there's another name for you, Brian Mitchell, that uh, he got some limited opportunities last year for us and did a great job, but he's in the same position that that uh, Zilster was in a year ago where he's going to get his opportunity now that he's been waiting so long for and put in all that hard work for. And it's going to be up to him to make the most of the opportunity, but he has all the potential and all the ability to get it done. So um, never fun to lose a guy like Zilstra. but uh, you know, if there's one thing that we do here in Edmonton, well, it's we keep that uh, covered stocks full of wide receiver talent. So uh, we're going to be just fine, and there's going to be a number of new faces and young guys finally getting that opportunity to step up, and uh, they're going to make some hay when they do it.
0: Mike, it's always great to talk to you. Thanks for being so generous with your time in the in the middle of the off season. Enjoy the uh, the rest of it. I know you're training hard too. Training camp's not that far away, buddy. We'll talk to you then. Thank you so much.
1: I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on and uh, you know, don't freeze in the -20 uh, degree weather that I know is going on right now.